cross it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Sam Jones, J. Sam, what? J. Sam, Sam, J. J. The man has forgot his name. He's forgotten mm-hmm. his damn name. J. Sam Jones here for Dirty Saw Soccer, and Joe Patrick's here from Dirty Saw Soccer, and we're here to talk about Georgia beating Florida, right? Hmm. Um. Yeah. Sure. Uh, that's fine with me. Shoot, that sounds I mean a lot better than whatever the heck we just watched. Uh, Atlanta United fails to secure. The supporter shield. I have to deal with a bunch of Red Bulls fans in my missions, and everything is bad. Everything is bad. Awesome, cool, great. Yeah, great. You, you know, you know what's really like what's worse about this to me, uh, more so than actually the result or anything that's going to happen in reality, is just how much worse my virtual life is going to be for the next, you know, week plus or like the, yeah. the rest of, the, you know, MLS Cup playoffs with just, um. For lack of a better word, the shitstorm there's going to be from from all from every corner of uh, of MLS fandom, from other fans to MLS Digital, to everybody's just going to be uh, giving it to Atlanta United because now's now's kind of the chance to do it. So, um, yeah. but you know, it's, it's I mean, after that performance, it's kind of deserved. You know, you just got to kind of take it. Honestly, I'm not sure what else what you can really say uh, at this point. Yeah, no, I'm I'm already getting into into fights with people. I, I had restrained myself for most of the week, especially with some of the uh, the Tata takes mm-hmm. coming out here. Um, you know, things like he is not loyal to Atlanta United or something for for going to Mexico or, or things like that that you may have heard on on some other places and in other different parts of of the soccering world. Um, they're awful. They're garbage, lazy takes. Um, there's lazy takes also associated with today where people are like, well, the team was distracted by Tata, uh, Tata's announcement or whatever the team's decision to go ahead and announce it. Um, let's, let's go ahead and like set some things real. I mean, yeah. Straight. Let's dive into this real dead ass straight here. Um, no, no, the team wasn't like, Oh man, my coach is leaving. I'm just not gonna try hard today. But, you know, I'm. I'm I want to leave too. I'm sad now. <laughs> I'm not gonna play soccer right way or, or whatever. Whatever you think in your mind that this team suddenly just like collectively agreed because they were sad about Tata or something happened today. It, it didn't. This it take. Didn't. This take reminds me of when I was a freshman in high school. And we would dress for the varsity games, uh, football games. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we were just like the goofy freshmen who were just there to stand around and, you know, not enter the game and basically to just gab and shoot the shit on the sideline basically for the entire game um, and like pull pranks and shit. And um, there was a time in during the game we were losing really bad to some team and the coaches were like, getting in a fight with one another and, you know, the defense coordinator is yelling at the offensive coordinator um, to, you know, get his defense off the field. And the offensive coordinator was saying or to score some points. And the offensive coordinator was saying, you know, they were, they were basically blaming each other. And uh, the defense coordinator goes, oh, yeah, well, I quit. And he throws off his headset and uh, and and it storms off. And one of my buddies who was staying there, he he just goes to the offensive coordinator. He goes, yeah, I quit, too. And just walks off with <laughs> behind the, the defensive coordinator. <laughs> 
<laughs> just as a joke. And, you know, that's something that uh, basically the point of this is that that's something that high school freshmen do, not uh, professionals that are making a lot of money and have a lot of pride uh, right. at stake. And have, again, they, they did not decide that it wasn't worth winning anymore or that they didn't want to have a trophy. It's not like 72,000 people don't show up to their games and want them to do well. I mean, you've got the weight of a city on you. It, it, it's not going to matter if your boss leaves, which is something that happens for them. And we talked about this, which is something that happens for them regularly. This is not college football where coaches are, are claiming domain for long stretches of time and it can really affect a major part of the culture or anything like that almost instantly or and even that's probably over overdone as far as opinion it's it's not other sports where we see these things have major shifts this was just a team that came out and honestly choked (laughs) yeah i mean i'd be more willing to buy into a narrative of if he if nothing if nothing had been said at this point that they were like you know in an uncomfortable situation because they didn't know the future of the, of the manager. I would be not that I would, not that I would believe that, but I would be more willing to believe that line of thinking than I would that they didn't play well because they know that he's leaving. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any logical sense. And that's just, it's not coming from a logical place. It's coming from a place where I need angry angry face. And and that's understandable. Like, you know, we're all, we all have, we all have thoughts that are, irrational sometimes but get out of my mentions um, yeah. with it i don't want to hear it <laughs> right right yeah yeah don't be sitting there calling don't. tata martino a fat ass in my mentions when you look like a cross between jack nicholson and a a i don't even know you just look like ugly jack nicholson that's all i got for you that's all i got for you shout out whoever that was you <laughs> nerd um I, yeah it, like the, the frustration is um it's hard to it's hard to really put in in the right place this time, in my opinion, because the season isn't over. You know, it's like it'd be one thing if this was the last game of the season. But like there's still a lot to play for this year. And if you looked at any like I've seen lots of polls of like, what do you want to win more? or What's the bigger trophy or whatever? And like whenever I see those between Sporters Shield and MLS Cup, it's overwhelmingly MLS Cup. So there's right. still a ton to play for this season for this team. Um, but I also understand, you know, obviously it was a trophy and this is Atlanta and we're kind of desperate for that stuff. So, right. I mean, I wanted to see it too. I'm not trying to say like, you know, it, it doesn't bother me or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to say that, that, that you talked about it a little bit and the narrative just kind of changes based on whatever we want it to, you know, like you said, if he does, if there's no announcement, then we're talking about that as the issue. If we win today, then thank God they announced it because it gave the players extra motivation. You know, that, that becomes the narrative. Um, and, and so to, to pin any of it on that is incredibly, one, it's lazy. It's really lazy looking for reasons why this team struggled today. Uh, two, it's just not right. It's just not correct on any, any level. Um, so I, I think, I, you know, well, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, we need to look at the game, you know, like we need to right. look at this game and see like, and see if we can kind of dissect it a bit and see what happened. What to me, the overarching, um, uh, you know, negative aspect of it from Atlanta United's perspective is that they just looked jittery and anxious, over anxious from the moment the whistle blew really. Um, you see, it just seemed like there was a lot of nervous energy or not even nervous, but just like, you know, everyone was trying to like overcompensate and do like way too much. 
um, mm-hmm. trying to cover too much ground. And it caused all this like, I think it honestly wasted a lot of energy from the players. And I think that that's why by the end of the game, we saw them just dead ass tired because they had been one, they expended all that kind of nervous energy. And then also they've been playing from behind. So they've been doing a ton of running, um, you know, obviously trying to trying to get goals back and it all kind of just compounded on itself. All these issues that we saw through in the team, um, both mentally and physically to the point where by the end, you know, they were just, they were just dead. Yeah. And I think that that's a legitimate criticism is has this team been healthy enough or even rested enough or, or prepared enough from a from a physical standpoint to really kind of keep going here? Because you're right. They look dead. They look dead real quick. And it was a whole lot of nervous energy, like you said. And at that point, you have players like even MLS veteran Jeff Lorenowitz making horrible, horrible decisions. Oh, Jeff was not good in a game where we really, really needed him to be. Yeah, um, a, a few others were were not good when they're supposed to be the, the veteran leadership there in this one. Um, I, I think another thing, and I'm going to write about this in my column that goes out tomorrow morning. But Tata Martino on Friday talked about learning how to win, um, and I was kind of reminded of that of that because they were at, at when the team went to halftime or when the game went to halftime. Um, or when they came back during the commercial break, when Egan and Gargan were talking uh, at halftime, they were playing Foo Fighters, learn, learn to fly in the background. That kind of reminded <laughs> me of what Tata was talking about, um, you know, and that this team hasn't been in these situations before. It's only the second year of existence for the team. So, and I think that that kind of plays into why we saw them acting like ha- having this nervous energy and, and trying to like overcompensate on the field um, because they hadn't kind of, been through that crucible of having to, you know, test themselves in those in that situation and l- know to trust one another. I think that that's, that's what you saw on. I can't even remember if it was the first or second goal, um, where the where was it? Marky Delgado was wide open on the right side. Maybe, maybe it was Lucas Hansen and he scored. It was either the first or second goal. But okay, anyway, it was like I think McCann basically like overcompensated trying to help someone else and kind of left his man. And that's the kind of thing we saw over and over again. Guys kind of leaving their space to try to, you know, give someone else as much help as possible, but then they leave a space exposed and then Toronto was able to take advantage and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and I think, so I think learning how to manage these situations is just something that you really only gain with experience. You can't like, you know, like we talk about with penalties, you can't recreate that situation in a game in another game or in practice or anything like that. It's just something you have to go through as a team. Um, and so hopefully, you know, hopefully this was a learning experience and maybe we kind of see some of that growth in MLS cup playoffs. Um, but Tata kind of talked about how, when he went to Libertad in Paraguay, um, you know, the first year they basically were knocked out of the first round of the Copa Libertadores. And then basically each year for the next four years until 2006, they were just progressively, you know, gaining and, and going further and further in the tournament. So, you know, I think that obviously we're upset right now and, um, totally right to be, you know, I mean, it, well, we obviously wanted to see the team win, but, you know, may, maybe they can learn something from this, you know, at, hopefully they did. And at, at the very least, we can hope that, you know, the team will be able to handle the situation a little bit better next time they're in it. But it doesn't maybe, make me feel better now. No, it doesn't. Not right now. Not right now. But but maybe. I mean, you see it from teams from time to time where they get their butts kicked and it's it's a wake up call. But it's not like this is the first butt kicking. But I, I 
I will say there's been like an issue when we've, you know, we've seen it all season of this team not really performing well in big games. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to start putting some criticism on Tata for that, I, I think that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's fair um, because it's been apparent that we have not been up for the task in a lot of ways in, in many of these games. And, and some of those you can chalk up the bad luck. Um, there are a few varning things. There were a couple other things where, you know, something goes one way and, and you know, flips on its head. But we're, we're getting a body of evidence now, kind of two years into it, that the big games are not our strong suit for whatever reason. Uh, when it feels like it feels like initially we thought this team was going to be designed to take on bigger teams. You know, that was yeah. the kind of the discussion at the beginning of the years. You know, how do we beat teams that are bunkering on us and everything like that? Because we were fine with better teams. Uh, and that narrative is flipped in a lot yeah, of ways. That's a great call. I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. I don't think this team has gotten worse. I mean, you look at the points total. We've objectively gotten better. Um, but, gosh, man, there's something missing. There's something missing. I don't think this team really adapts very well when they play outside of Mercedes-Benz Stadium or outside of uh, ideal conditions. I think they're, you know, they're fine if they're in, you know, uh, on like a perfect grass stadium. But, you know, we kind of discussed this in our writer's room about how the conditions were going to be an issue. And I was concerned when I went Friday, I was asking some of the players about that and they all, you know, they all brush it off. And I kind of understand that they're not like. You know, you don't you you don't want to tell the media like, oh, yeah, I'm concerned about how we're going to be able to perform on this field or whatever. Um, So I guess I understand why they would say that, at least us publicly. But, you know, judging by the way that they tried to approach the game, it looked like they tried tried to play, you know, the way they always would. And I really think that in these kinds of games, um, when it's just you just need a result in this one game, you know, it's literally the last game of the season with a trophy on the line. It's a final Um you need to kind of adapt what you do. And, and, and well, I think you should. I mean, apparently yeah. Tata doesn't look like he thinks that you need to do that. But, you know, we saw this team play way better in the second half when they were just playing the ball long through the air, um, on, you know, when not trying to play also against that, that bad field. Yeah, no. And I think this is something we need to kind of talk about is Tata's stubbornness with especially kind of the lineup we put out, the formation we decided to go with um, it was kind of counteractive, I think, to what we kind of needed to do to accomplish what we needed to accomplish today. Uh, you know, we, you go with was it was it really a, it was it was a true back four, wasn't it? Yeah, it looked like a back four. To, yeah, it was a back four for sure, actually. Yeah. And that surprised me. I, I that honestly right. surprised me. So why now? Like, why now make that decision, especially when the last game we saw, we saw the midfield get overrun a little bit. I mean, they adjusted some. Of bringing Lorenowitz into that, but it just seemed weird, man. It just and Tata weird. and Tata has admitted not long ago that he feels the team is the best defensively when they're in a back three, and right. I think the stats they are. would bear that out. Yeah, um, I don't think that's really really up for debate at this point in time, and I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to give yourself that little bit of extra, you know, protection um, in a, in a game like that. It was just frustrating. It was frustrating because we got too spread out. And then there were just huge gaps that those very good diminutive uh, Toronto attackers were able to pick the ball up. in, And then they were just sprinting one on one against against our back line. And at that, you're really in a shitty situation at that point. Yeah, um, and if you're relying on either Chris McCann or 
broken in half Greg Garza to get back and, and cover for all that, you're going to be in trouble all night. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was honestly very surprised that it kind of deployed in that formation as well. Um, I thought that, you know, they've been going to this flat four, three, three thing in the, in the, in the Twitter lineups that they release. Um, and they never quite play like that. So it's always kind of interesting to see how it, how it, how it pans out. And I was just kind of honestly flabbergasted. I, I was, I was just truly shocked. I can't tell you like how surprised I was to see them playing in a, in a back four. I just thought it was the wrong, the wrong thing to do, especially with Mc, McCann can be fine. Like he can, he can be okay. Um, not in a back four. <laughs> I, I trust him much more if he has some protection behind him um, and just has a little bit less responsibility. If he's out, if he's playing in a wing back role, he, ha- you know, he, he's got LGP kind of covering, covering behind him. He's fine. You know, just kind of keeping the ball, circulating the ball on the left side, putting in a cross every now and then he can totally do that. Um, I just don't really like the situation he was put in, in this game. And I was actually kind of when he was hurt, you know, it sounds bad. I, I, you know, I don't wish ill on anybody, but you know, I just thought it was we were getting an upgrade there um, when Garza came in, just w- in terms of the talent that was coming off the field and talent that was going on the field. And hope Chris Can's okay, um, and he can still play a role in this team. Oh gosh, I'm just trying to be nice at this point. Yeah, we 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 devolve <laughs> into this every week where we try to like absolve Chris McCann of his sins. And gosh, we really need to stop going back to that well, I think. Um, dude's just not up for it. Garza and Bello. Garza and Bello is the yeah, and Bello being hurt, which we didn't know about um, yeah. this week is maybe the biggest blow in all of this. Um I guess I guess when we're at training, we're asking about injuries, we're just gonna have to specifically ask about every single player from now on. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when we yeah. normally we just say, you know. Oh, any injuries, you know, who, who's out, you know, and he tells us that Brandon Vasquez and, uh, and Miguel is out and that's it. So we assume that everybody else is healthy, but, uh, you know, maybe we should just start listing everybody one, one by one. Yep. That's has no obligation to, to really tell us that. So, uh, you know, might as well bring a list next time. I don't um, mind. I'm being sneaky, by the way. I'm just kind of, uh, great. yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, part of the job. <laughs> Yeah. Part of our job to get it out of them too, um, but not a failure on anyone's part to ask about random player X, you know, because yeah. you can't sit there with a list and pull it all through. So no I, got, I got a question for you, Sam, kind of veering away from the game here a little bit. Okay. But I know one big kind of national point of contention has been uh, who's going to win MVP. And obviously Joseph has a lot of credentials, but he hasn't scored in five games in a row. I think it is now. And okay eight of seven of his last eight, something like that. Um, Zlatan obviously had a big, had a big case to, to, to win it, but apparently the galaxy just completely blew it. Like even worse than we did. Um, and they're not even going to be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I thought they were the two favorites. Is Wayne Rooney actually going to win MVP? No, (laughs) at least no. No. It's kind of the other name. Okay. The, 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 the people that that people are talking about for MVP are Joseph Zlatan and Wayne Rooney. I think a voting ends on Tuesday. I think it runs through the end of October, I want to say. So, um, mm. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who wins. No one, like None of the contenders, I guess, are, are really in good form. I guess the two, contend- the two main contenders were Zlatan and Joseph. Right. And I think it comes down to those two. 
Um, and it, honestly, it it should be Joseph. Um, oh, recency, it absolutely should be Joseph. Recency bias is a hell of a drug. Um, and for those of you who don't know, what recency bias is is <laughs> I just saw this thing. I like that thing more than that thing I saw way back when. Even though I'm forgetting that that thing way back when was probably better. Um, so Joseph has a bad run of form. At oh the wait, I totally of- forgot Joseph actually did score in this game. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah, I, t- I totally. I that I just remember that. Totally blanked on that. He did have that penalty. He did have that penalty, so that might help a little bit. But still, it's only kinda... scores. Only scores penalties. Right. It, it, <laughs> that gets lost in the shuffle in a big way, especially when you have, you know, a couple of missed opportunities. Um, and it, but on the other end of that, you have people saying, "Well, <laughs> someone said I don't win the trophy if I miss that shot." And I went, "Well, no crap, dummy. You're sitting on the couch. Of course you don't win that trophy." Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't I don't care what Brett from Decula has to say, you know, while he's sitting there eating Cheetos and and criticizing Joseph Martinez for missing a shot. Soccer's hard. Soccer's hard. To say the, you know, one missed shot in one game doesn't merit an MVP trophy for an entire body of work that is literally record breaking. It's insane. Yeah. Good Lord. It's a, awful, awful takes. And I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm a little upset about them and on edge. Uh, I do think it's kind of interesting that now going into MLS cup playoffs that, you know, we're, we're not the favorites at this point. Oh, absolutely not. Which I think is good. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, I mean, it's one less burden, and obviously yeah. Atlanta has not done well with those. It's Red Bulls. It's Red Bulls playoffs to to throw away. It is. So it's, you know, but they're very well suited to to succeed in that format. I think so. Um, I w- I wouldn't be. You know, they no are surprised, but it's, it's hard to feel optimistic about actually winning MLS Cup playoffs as an Atlanta United fan right now. It's I feel confident. I feel confident of you know getting past the conference semis, getting past the first round. Okay, but if we have to, but if we have to play Rebels in the second, you know, in the conference finals, which I assume we would, I just don't have don't have much confidence there. Man, I don't even I, know. I, I really think the, in the first round is a, just a huge advantage having the other team playing that game midweek and then getting them on short rest. Um, especially if it's a very close, highly competitive game that said uh, Columbus played us to extra time last year and then went on to, to win in the second round as well. So maybe that's a bunch of crap, but makes me feel better. It's a little, a little warm blanket for me that I need right now. Cause I'm sad. I know. I know. We're all sad. We're all sad, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to feel good about the playoffs right now, but I, I wouldn't feel good about the playoffs even if we had one today. Or, you know, have one pretty much every other game this year. Well, that makes me feel better. I wouldn't have felt good anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> Sports fandom is nihilism in its, its purest form. It's amazing. Um, but, I'm- yeah, no, I, I just wouldn't have felt good anyway because I, I – I, this is your weekly moment of a five strike final where you guys drink or cross off your bingo card or whatever. But MLS Cup is a crapshoot. There you go. I've said it a million times. I'm not elaborating further. So there's a uh, there, there's a college football writer that I follow, um, and he loves to make fun of Purdue because Purdue is such a classic 
um, uh-huh. team. That this is also the part where we drink where where we bring up college football on five strike final. But strangely, yeah. it's show this time. Well, so, you, you yeah. brought up you you brought up drinking, so this that's what reminded me of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and he and he loves to say, you know, Purdue is a classic team that will like play, you know, a top seeded team. Uh, you know, really close or beat them um, every year, and then they'll lose like three or four games to just totally mediocre teams. And what he says when he when it, whenever something like this is happening, he says, "I have a nice glass of Purdue here." As he swirls around the glass of the the Purdue in his glass, and he likes to take a big w- waft of the of the drink and and you know get a, get a that's a uh, a classic vintage you know nineteen eighty seven Purdue in the glass, and this was just a classic vintage. Uh, Atlanta in this class tonight. I, I'm swirling it around right now. Does this does it smell like oak? It's very peaty. Very peaty. A very, it's a peaty Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's solid. That's solid. This this is a good year for it. This is a good year for it. It is. It really is. It's been a fruitful string of years, honestly. Um, man, this was a collapse for sure, but I'm not sure where it ranks in the pantheon. Not, not okay. anyway. So this is good. This is good because we can kind of get into this, you know, like Matt Doyle is going to be all over this. Um, he's been talking about it being a 28-3 collapse um, already, like in the lead up if they don't win the Sporter Shield. And I just don't know how you see it that way when Red Bulls are literally had the best season ever in MLS. Like, I just don't understand how it's a ma- that massive of a collapse. I understand, you know, not getting it's it's somewhat of a collapse, you know, like you 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 had a chance to win it and you didn't do it. Um, but in those conditions, it's not easy. It was never going to be easy. It was always going to be, you know, around a coin flip. And I don't know. It's just, it, it's not on that level, but you know, this is all about Schadenfreude and that's just the way people are going to react. Yes, exactly. No, Doyle got to get his clicks. It's all got to get his clicks, but yeah. in the grand scheme of things, this is a team that would have won the supporter shield. In literally every year of the league's existence, except this one, that's it. That's that's the full thing, man. So if you're if you're seeing this as some kind of collapse, I, I, you're absolutely looking at it the wrong way. We just got slightly and ever so slightly outplayed throughout the year by a really really dang good team, and that's kind of all there is to it. I think a looking, team, by the way, that rallied around a, a new coach and didn't necessarily worry about a coach leaving during the middle of the goddamn season. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a hell of a lot thing. more of a thing than a dude leaving at the end of a season. Good thing they didn't quit on him. Wow. Quit on the season. I can't believe the professional athletes were competitive and played with pride. That's stunning. <laughs> Stunned. I think I think the most rational way to look at this is not to be angry about this result, but I, I think it's almost like go back and there you can you can think of so many games that we played where we gave up points in the last ten minutes, last five minutes of games. Um, in New England, we gave away two points. Kevin Kratz fouled somebody. Uh, it was like a cheap foul in a box. We and they got a penalty late and drew. Uh, we threw a three points against Dallas on 4th of July, where oh, we gave uh-huh. up two goals in the last five minutes of the game. 
Uh, we had one against Toronto earlier in the season at home uh, mm-hmm. where they came back. We tried to go to it. We tried to change our formation at the end of the game and play Brandon Vasquez as a wingback or something like that. And that <laughs> didn't work. So uh-huh. I think those uh-huh. are the things that you can be more mad about than like a collapse here. Like this was just, you know, the game we got thoroughly beaten and that's just going to happen to most teams. Um, every team, actually, it does happen to every team because we literally had the best record any team has ever had before this season. So it clear that those losses clearly happened to every team happened to us earlier in season two against, you know, you look at the Houston result. Uh, we got thoroughly beaten there. Red Bulls, same thing. So these things happen from time to time. You just have to understand that or just kind of you, you have to roll with those punches. But it's harder for me, at least, to accept the ones where we should have won uh, and we gave away those points. And yeah. Tata had mentioned that, like, when those results were happening, you know, he, that, that, you know, he, he, I, there was one game where they won, actually, but he was like, yeah, we should have seven more points than we do right now, though, you know, because there was some question about the Sports Shield race. So I think that's what you can be most, most upset about. At least that's what I'm most upset about. Yeah, it's it's always hard to look back at that though and go, oh, you know, that was the the, the big thing that did us in. We we definitely could have grabbed a few more points for sure. Uh, but you know, on the flip side of that, we stole one at San Jose. Um, we stole a couple more, I'm sure, throughout the season in various ways or others, and eventually that kind of evens out. Um, but I, I definitely get what you're saying about not closing things out, which is. A shame, and it's even that was more my that was my that was my Alpharetta dad moment of the moment of the night tonight. By the way, yeah, no, I get that it. Little I rant. Get it. Like we need to we need to throw bigger tantrums when we lose during the season. <laughs> so this team <laughs> learns not to lose. That's how we. That's how we win. Gosh, I don't know. God, I don't know. I did see a comment about you know the players must be held accountable for this, <laughs> and I don't know what that means. We're gonna put them on trial. Welcome to welcome like, to soccer court. Do you punish them? Like, do you? I don't. I just don't know. I'm just confused by that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure a few of the supporters groups are, are gathering a tribunal as we speak. Um, <laughs> people are so dumb. Good lord. Uh, it was at Bradley Heron. Uh, on uh, on the one hand, he says, "If I see one more, this is because of Tata leaving take and we want to quit Twitter." So that's good. Good take. Thank, thank you for that take, Bradley. But then he also says, and this isn't necessarily well. I don't know. Make of this what you will. But he says this match was garbage fire. Uh, I know what caused this, but the I don't know what caused this. But the players need to be held accountable and issues fixed. Major amount of work to be done before November eleventh. And so. I think- Okay, that's maybe not. I apologize for making fun of Bradley's take initially because I think I took it a little too. I took it in a different way than I think he was meaning, which is simply that it's not on Tata so much as it is as the players uh, yeah. not play well. I get it now. Yeah. Um, which I'm hoping that was his meaning, and I think he is more close to the truth with that. Agree. Than, agree. I agree know. with that, but I, I do think that there's you know. Again, I think it's just like a it's frustration that like Tata said, you just have to go through these experiences in order in order to improve. Um, You don't you you just don't find yourself capable of handling these occasions just because you had a good record. It doesn't work that way. It's like it's kind of the other way. It's like you 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 are able to I don't know. You you just have to go through these experiences sometimes. Um, 
I don't know how to des- really describe. I wish I could describe it in a more eloquent way than that. But I think that you just hope that next time we're in this situation, we'll be able to learn because I think you could just see the team was not itself tonight. Yeah, but and here's my thing. Red Bulls are real young too. Like, I don't know. But Red Bulls have been through, but what I'm saying is that Red Bulls have been through supporter shield races and they've been through, you know, they've have veteran MLS experience that have, kind of they've been tested and failed in these situations before. Sure. Um and we I, I, like I th- I think it's kind of you know no they said on the broadcast no no one on Atlanta United has won a supporter shield. Um so that's the kind I just mean that it, it's it's the experience. I don't know if it's you know a valid take at this point in time right now. I'm just trying to make myself feel better. All right. Hey no uh, you, you you've got a point there. You've got but a keep point. Go- if you keep going, keep going. I didn't mean to well, cut you off. No, I, 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 that was really kind of the bulk of my point is that they're they're real young too, and this was a team we thought was going to struggle a lot because of how young they were, uh, and you know they switched coaches during the middle of the season, everything like that. It, it's it's honestly really remarkable what Red Bulls have done. Um, if only their their Twitter fan base wasn't so amazingly trash, um, <laughs> but ours is too. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. To it, be it, fair, it's a smaller group of, of of trash Twitter, but they're also pretty good at like making memes. Which is yeah. something our fan base fails at on a grand scale is being funny a lot of times. It's yeah. it's why certain people like like the Dirty Saw Soccer Twitter account they want to carve out a niche because <laughs> we make jokes sometimes and people for forget how to do that in a lot of cases uh, with the late night Twitter, but. Red Bull's Twitter comes with some memes. It, it's it's solid as it is infuriating. Red Bull's Twitter is like three hundred. They're just so intense. You know, it's like every they every are. every man and woman you know is just defending Red Bull's honor with the, <laughs> the strength of a thousand Twitter accounts. It is. It is. And it's and to add to that, it's still very frustrating to see Red Bulls win the supporter shield in front of a, a relatively half empty. Red Bull Arena, from what I saw from now. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Oh, um, man. Uh, awesome. it, you do have to give them credit, though. I, I tweeted this earlier. You know, it's like they went through a huge CONCACAF Champions League run this season, too. I think they only played like two less games. They they were knocked out the round before Toronto in the final. I think it's a two-leg final. So Toronto played two more games um, than New York in CONCACAF Champions League. That seemed like such a huge deal, uh, talking point this year around Toronto was that, Oh, you know, they, they're going to have to bounce back from this. You know, they're going to be so emotionally devastated from this, uh, from this loss in the, in the, in the final. It's like, well, it's not that, e- it's not that easy to get over a semifinal loss either. And the, the amount of games they played wasn't that much different. I know Toronto had some injuries they had to deal with too. And that was probably more of a contributor to their poor record this year than, than mm-hmm. the champions league run was, but still, I think you just have to give New York credit for, uh, making a d- very deep run in that competition and then also having the best ever record in MLS history in the regular season. I, I just think that that can't be overstated. A lot of people, times like, we hear so much, you hear, you know, Oh, are you going to, uh, are you going to focus more on, on champions league or the league? You know, how are you going to balance that? You, you, have to, you have to, you have to go for one or the other. You can't go for both. Well, I think Red Bulls kind of showed that, you know, you can go, you can, you can compete in both. It's not, it's not a big deal. 
It's possible, at least. It is. It is. I, I think. I think rumors of their demise to that extent has been greatly exaggerated um, because you know we've seen it work elsewhere. But uh, I do want to talk about somewhat to the same point uh, about teams not being healthy and teams being a little gassed at the end here. Um, Felipe Cardenas of the Athletic is making some interesting points on, on the Twitter sphere just about the. The physical well-being of this team, um, and he's placing some of the blame on uh, people like the team, team physio, or Rodolfo Palladini, um, who he says has been here before with uh, News Old Boys, which I can't say apparently because I was raised in South Georgia. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he's saying uh, that the team is built to run full tilt at all times and, and go full throttle at every point. And it's shown up again in the second year where the team has looked tired. The team has looked not up to the task late in the season. Um, And I think that's a much, much more interesting take than they were sad. Yeah, I thought that, you know, the Chicago game, it looked like Chicago had way more energy towards the end of that game than Atlanta did. Yes. And it didn't, I, I wouldn't think, you know, if you looked at the, meters run st- statistics I, I wouldn't think that you know there would be that much different between the two i'm sure there wasn't but chicago did look a lot more uh enthusiastic um looked like they had a little more pep in their step toward the end of that game so i think there is something to that yeah I, and of course there's always going to be certain things that kind of work against it some outliers and things like that uh, but it is uh it is kind of a weird I'm trying to I'm trying to form this in the best way I can, but it's just one of those things where I I think there might be some validity to it, but I, how will we ever really know? I guess. Um, yeah, there's too, there's too many variables. At, at Barca, where he didn't manage people well as far as that standpoint, and we've talked a bit of, about it before as far as his man management with substitutions and everything like that. Um. Is this the same thing coming to fruition here, I guess, is, is the real question. Um, yeah. Maybe on a worse scale with such a limited roster. Um, to add to that, Felipe makes the point that this is a team that's going to have not only MLS duties this week or the next year, I mean, uh, they're going to have Champions League. They're going to have U.S. Open Cup. It's it's going to be more and more games. Um I just kind of hope it changes with the new manager. If this is really the case where the team is gassed. Yeah, there's, there's so many variables. It's hard to pin down, you know, fitness on any particular, you know, variable, Um, whether it's Tata, whether it's the scheduling, the, the teams they're playing against um, hard to tell, but it definitely is. I, I, I will just say it's, you know, it's just a thought provoking thing to think about. Um, and there definitely it does seem to be an issue there for me in this game. Honestly, it was more the way it played out with them having to come back from behind basically from like what the eighth minute or something, eighth or ninth minute. Um, that is just naturally going to be more physically draining on a team. And it allowed Toronto to kind of, you know, sit back, absorb some and then just counter with their front three uh, when they could. So it's to, when you go down like they did in this game, it's always going to be tough from a physical standpoint. But like I said, I think the Chicago game 
we saw the same thing, and that's concerning. So um, <laughs> it's something to keep an eye on for sure going into the playoffs. Yeah, and to clarify a bit on the – we've seen it for two years now. Obviously, last year was much more congested. At the end, it was a lot more understandable. If we kind of see the same thing happen in the playoffs and this team just looks dead against teams that look much fresher from just a physical standpoint, then that could definitely be something we look back on and say is one of the the major mistakes of, of Tyson Martinez's time here. Um yeah, I mean, it's kind of been the opposite for us this year in terms of the Fisher conjection. You know, I feel yeah. like we haven't even played that many games coming down the stretch of the season. Yeah, it could just be the nature of the players, too. You know, if you are relying on Jeff Lorenowitz, who does have, you know, 100,000 miles easy on him at this point. Um, and, you know, other guys who have been around for a while, maybe who are playing these crucial, crucial roles. Uh, you know, you could look at that and say maybe this was always going to happen no matter what, uh, just based on the team structure. Um, I mean, that was a fear we had kind of going into the season when, we, you know, relying on players like Lorenowitz and Michael Parkhurst, you know, so often during a season. It's not that, you know, they're necessarily going to get injured, but, you know, like we we definitely, I think we can all agree we saw it with Tyro Mears where yeah. when he first, at first he was fine. He was, serv- you know, serviceable, like physically fine. But then very quickly things deteriorated and he was, about the same age that those guys are now. I think he yeah. was like 35. Um, and his, again, his position probably required a little more um, getting up and down the line, especially in Tata Martino's system as a fullback. But, um, but yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's not great. Well, I know Jeff's on a one-year team. contract, right? Say it he again. Is, Jeff, he's on this. This is the lot. He signed a one year extension this year, right? That's what I believe to be true. And of course, we have that rumor from a friend of a friend of a friend who said that this is probably his last year, uh, which is totally believable. Um, and to be fair, he, he got a break the last game. They did not play him in the midfield, and we complained about it. And now he plays, and now we're complaining about it. So, yeah, what can you do? What can you do? Um, well, overall, this sucked. Uh, November 4th, playoff starts. Shout out Darlington Abbey. I thought he had a good game. Lorenowitz, man. Darlington Am Abbey. I allowed to say that? Yeah, Darlington Abbey. There you go, Lorenowitz, man. I, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Way to go. Yeah, we have a name for that around these parts, Joe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's embarrassing. That is truly embarrassing. <laughs> I'll, I'll own that. That's on me. It's okay. It's okay. If you're new to the H, Dad, <laughs> we forgive you. Um, yeah, playoff start November 4th. Home game, November 11th. Two legs. Two legs to not screw this up. Hopefully that makes a difference. Uh, we'll be one nice more question. One more question for you. Okay. So the issue is start Bellow. Is it now start Garza? Start Bellow or start Garza? Start Bellow. Interesting. Okay. I thought Garza would look good. He, he actually impressed he me. I, I was not that expecting. Bellow. <laughs> No, hey, I, was, I, was, I wasn't agreeing or disagreeing. I wasn't agreeing or disagreeing. I don't. I don't want to even put my opinion on it out there yet. Sure. sure. No, Garza looks fine. Um, looked like he was moving. Optimistic signs from him. Yeah, uh, but you could also worry about his fitness too. Um, yeah. Hey, let's just say not start McCann. That's that's my thing. Sure. That's, that's the biggest obstacle at this point. I'll drink to that. Mm. Mm. And let's go drink some more. Let's go drink a whole. I gotta whole get into the glass of Atlanta. I pour. 
And you should too. Crack open that bottle of 2018 Atlanta, swirl it around, take in the tannins, and just take a real sad, sad sleep. It burns and it hurts. <laughs> that's what makes it worthwhile. Burns, which, yeah. It's <laughs> probably all it is at this point. Um, no, I don't hey, know whether to laugh. If it's burning, right. that means you're feeling something, which yeah. congrats to you because <laughs> I don't. That'll wrap it up here from Five Strike Final. Uh, we will catch you guys maybe at some point during the midweek once we know who our playoff opponent is um, and give us a little preview about that. And then, of course, you can catch us uh, after the games. After the games. We'll keep doing that as well. Joe, anything else? No. 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 Bye, y'all. See ya. You know it seems the more we talk about it, it only makes it worse to live.